If you could collaborate and create with any Beatle, who would it be and why? I have to say, I had to say Paul McCartney. I had to say Paul. I mean, I, I wish all of them. <laughs> you know, that'd be the dream. Now that would be the dream. Right. The dream. But but uh but Sir Paul would that would be amazing. this title for eight years. My model of business is the Beatles. You know, they were four very talented guys. Welcome back to the Here, There, and Everywhere podcast. I'm your host, Jack Lawless. I'd like to welcome a very special guest on the podcast today. He was featured on Kanye West's Grammy award-winning album, The College Dropout, and is a Peabody, Clio, and NAACP Image Award-winning poet and artist. It's my pleasure to introduce Jay Ivey. Growing up in Chicago, Jay Ivey was inspired by hip-hop music, poetry, and of course the Beatles, especially John Lennon's song, Imagine. Jay Ivey started his poetry career locally and quickly blew up in popularity. Russell Simmons invited him on Deaf Poetry Jam, and soon after, Kanye West invited Jay Ivey to be on his song, Never Let Me Down, which also features the legendary rapper Jay-Z. The college dropout went on to win a Grammy Award for Best Rap Album. has been signed with a language called love. That's why my breath is felt by the deaf, and why my words are heard and confined to the ears of the blind. I too dream in color and in rhyme, so I guess I'm one of a kind in a full house. Because whenever I open my heart, my soul, or my mouth, a touch of God rains out. Recently, Jay Ivey recorded and filmed a concert titled Catching Dreams live at Fort Knox, Chicago, which was nominated for the 2022 Grammy Awards in the Best Spoken Word category, alongside LeVar Burton, Don Cheadle, Dave Chappelle, and Barack Obama. But before he was even able to celebrate, Jay Ivey took up the roles of lead writer, voice director, and cast member of Netflix's new film, Genius, a Kanye trilogy, directed by Kudi and Chike. Genius received a nomination for Outstanding Documentary Series in the 2022 Emmys, but actually lost to The Beatles' new documentary series, Get Back. I am thrilled to have Jay Ivey on the podcast, so let's hop right into the interview. Jay Ivey, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Man, I'm blessed, man. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's an honor to have you on. So to give our listeners some background, let's go all the way back. Can you tell us about how you grew up and what kind of music you listened to as a kid? Yeah, man. So I'm from Chicago, Chi-Town, and um, I grew up in a in a changing, I guess the, you could say the season of uh, our environment was starting to change. I grew up, I'm a 70s baby, so uh, my early adolescent years, teenage years, uh, were doing the 80s and 90s in Chicago. It was a time where where uh, we grew up in very loving neighborhoods, but the neighborhood that led love in our neighborhoods was, was starting to become more and more interrupted by, uh, you know, the crack era and, 
and gangs and and um but for us especially those coming up um music was vital and it was it was our peace and and our calm in the storm and and uh, I, i'm a hip-hop baby so I, I grew up on slick rick the ruler and run dmc and big daddy kane and krs1 and public enemy and salt and pepper and Roxanne Shante and Tribe Called Quest. And, you know, so I, I grew up on, um, I was fortunate enough to to be born in an era where hip hop was was uh, starting to really, really make a name for itself. And it was speaking for us, for those who felt like we didn't have a, have a voice in music as far as like the youth. Absolutely. And all great music choices, by the way. Now, do you remember the first time you heard the Beatles? Yeah, I mean, the Beatles music, I feel like, I remember the first time, I just felt like it was always a part of my life. Like, it was always, uh, you always heard, you know, their hits and and those moving, moving songs, whether it was on the radio and movies. And, and it was always very iconic music that just really spoke to your soul and your spirit. So I uh, can't remember the first time, but it just feel like, you know, they've always been a part of my life. Now, when did you decide to pursue poetry professionally? Um, well, professionally came later on. I was first introduced to poetry in high school. I had a I had a teacher named Miss Argue, and what I learned is you're not gonna argue with somebody named Miss Argue. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Miss uh, Argue, she had us write a poem for homework, and. Again, I, I wasn't into poetry. I was I was real good at writing notes to girls. You know, this is this is <laughs> it, it sounds old, but this is before the internet. You know, <laughs> it really was though. Right. It really was before the internet. You know, you had if you wanted to communicate with somebody, they had to call them or write them a note. And um, and uh, Ms. Argue, she had us write a poem, and, and you know, again, hip hop. Those are my those are my poets, you know, those are my storytellers. But but when it came to poetry, I just wasn't into poetry. At least I thought I wasn't. So I go home, I write this poem and come come to class the next day. And I'm expecting to turn in this, what I thought was this silly little poem about the clouds. And it was called It Once Was a Cloud. And about the cloud, you know, the game we all play with a cloud changes forms. You see this in it, you see that. So um I'm expecting to turn it in and Ms. Argue makes everybody read their poem in front of the class. And uh, I was a very shy kid, very um, uh, broken in a lot of ways. I lack confidence. So the idea of speaking in front of a class was not something I was looking to do. And I was, so I was terrified in the moment, but got through it. After class, Ms. Argue pulls me to the side and um, she gave me an A on the poem and I really wasn't getting a lot of I wasn't getting any A's or B's, some C's, you know, and um, and uh, she said, you have a nice speaking voice. And she's like, I have a talent show coming up. Why don't you do this talent show? I'm like, no, nah, Ms. Argue, this is when the, the shy kid stepped up and was like, no, nah, not trying to do that. And then, um, so I didn't do the show. A few weeks goes by, she approaches me again. She said, you know what, last time I asked you to do a show, you faked me out. I got another show coming up. This time I'm not asking you, you have to do it. So she makes me do a show my first time ever on stage, as scared and terrified as I was, I received a standing ovation. And I was like, Ms. Argue, 
when's the next show? When's the next show? When's the next show? Because I mean, in that moment, my life just literally changed. I went from this kid who went, who felt invisible, who felt un, un, unseen and unheard to, to, you know, looking at a room full of people standing up clapping for me. And it, it just, I was like, oh, wow, they do see me, they do hear me. And, and I wanted to explore that feeling some more. So I just, really, it was just me falling in love with uh, performing, falling in love with the, with storytelling, using my voice. And then that just naturally transformed into a career and a profession, you know? Wow. That's a great story. And now that you're on a professional level, I'm wondering which poets inspire your poetry and writing style the most? Uh, the most, um, I mean, I, I love uh, The Last Poets and Gil Scott Heron and Amiri Baraka, um, a lot of MCs in hip hop. I, I still consider them poets as well. Uh, a lot of a lot of folks um, who are doing their thing right now, like Sonny Patterson and Ursula Rucker, and Mari Hartwig, Amir Suleiman, Jessica Kiermore, Lemon Anderson. Um, just just I'm just a, a huge fan of of uh folks who can not only paint pictures with words but really just uh just spark something in your spirit and just give you hope and and uh motivate you to want to get back on your creativity and 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 do it some more and do it better figure out how to how to transform lives with with the stories we have to tell. Are there any lyrics or songs by any of the Beatles that stand out to you, kind of like the poetry you were just describing? Imagine, that's absolutely one of my one of my all-time favorites. Um, yeah, the lyrics, I'm trying to think of the words, I'm trying to think of the words, but uh, but yeah, I was not, I was just listening to Imagine, like maybe like a week ago too. And then, you know, we were there at the Emmys with them as well, so we, we were nominated alongside the Beatles for uh, 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 in the Emmys for, for Best Documentary. So I had the pleasure of working on Genius and and uh, the Beatles beat us, man. The Beatles beat us. There's <laughs> <laughs> a, a lyric for you. There's a lyric for you. <laughs> Speaking of Genius, I mean, what a fantastic, fantastic documentary. And it was released right around the time of the Beatles' three-part Get Back documentary series, which rewrote the narrative of their breakup. What was it like for you to write the narration of this documentary about Kanye's life? And how is telling a story through a documentary different from telling a story through poetry? I think they're, I think they're similar in a lot of ways. I mean, when you break down a story, it's, it's, uh, it's beginning, middle, end. Um, now, that format may be uh, short, uh, you know, a few minutes, or that format may be uh, a few hours, depending on what you're working on. But, but for me, like to go from writing poetry or or writing songs or or even writing for, um, uh, for different commercials or uh, uh, promotions to try to to pivoting and, and writing for a film. I, I took, it was the same approach. I'm like, okay, where are we starting and where are we going? 
And, and for me, a lot of times is where are we going is, is the first thing. Like, where do we want to end up? And like, well, so for genius, it, it was it was very important to understand where, where we're landing. Like, I, I look at storytelling, writing a, a poem, a song, or a movie. I look at it like like taking a road trip. And and with a road trip, it's like, okay, like where are we going? <laughs> like that, that's the first question to me. The first question is where are we going? I'm like, okay, where if we paint the picture and I'm in Chicago and I'm deciding to uh, take a trip to Miami. Like, okay, now I know I'm going, I know I'm going to Miami. Now it's a matter, now I'm backtracking. Okay, how am I getting there? Who am I going with? When am I going? What am I taking? What do I plan to do while I get there? Then it's all the variables of those things that we can't predict, you know, because life just, you know, you can have a plan all day long, but once you start moving it, it always takes its own shape and form. So, so that that was uh, while we were working on on uh, the documentary. And big big shout out to Cootie and Chike, our brothers who directed it and produced it. Um, Cootie is who who um, uh, folks heard narrating the film, and I wrote his narration um, and voice directed as well. But um, a lot of our conversations were okay. We we know. Well, we had an idea where we were going because of the the thing with Kanye was he's he's steadily writing the story, so it was like okay, we think we're going okay, we're going here, and then something in Kanye's life are happening like okay, we're going here. <laughs> it's yeah. like like oh, we thought we was going here, but now we're going here, you know. So it was it was constantly writing it to the point where we had just like okay, that's it, we just got to stop right here. This is this is the end point, but but in the midst of that, we were having a lot of conversations. Um, reminiscing a lot about uh about those times i had the uh, i was fortunate enough to be around for that whole experience from from chicago the chicago scene in in the 90s this, it was a chicago renaissance happening where all these artists were um uh kind of bucking the system as far as as far as we were always taught go to school and get a good job and we came up and we're like yeah, we got these dreams, <laughs> you know, you know, about school and that good job. We man, we we got some dreams over here. And 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 it was and and those dreams were like screaming at our spirits, and 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 folks just couldn't help but pursue it. Like, even if you went to school for a little, most people I knew went to school for a little bit. Um, like me, I went to I was only in college for a year and a half. Um, but it was this this calling that was just on me. So so to be around for that. Chicago Renaissance, amongst all these artists from MC to singers to producers to comedians to dancers and actors, and then to uh, a couple of years later find myself in in the in the making of the college dropout and Kanye's rise to all that. It was just amazing to see. So while working on this, we were fortunate because I was, you know, I was the fly on the wall with a pen in my hand. <laughs> just, I just happened, you know, a writer just happened to be in the midst of all this. So when it came time to work on it, it was uh, going back to the basics of beginning, middle, end. But then there was there were a lot of uh, a lot of great details that that I was able to add to it because I was present. So what was it like for you during your first time in the studio when you started working on the college dropout with Kanye? Yeah, man, it was. It was amazing, man. It was a really dope experience because 
Like I met Kanye briefly in Chicago, but my first time in the studio with him, um, I was in Nashville and uh, went to Philly to do a show. And when I was in Philly, me and Tari Ture, my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, we uh we went and did the show. She's she's singing all over the college dropout too. You see her in jeans as well. Um, she has a new album out called Catching Feelings. Check it out. But uh, <laughs> I co-wrote it. <laughs> She's amazing. <laughs> She's the best. But um, when we went, if you watch the Genius, you see us walk into Kanye's apartment in Newark, and and we walk in, and I, we literally there like minutes, and and um, uh, Cootie and and uh, old school Ice Greed with. They were like, oh man, this Jay Ivy do the poetry. And Ice Cream was like, yeah, he was on Deaf Poetry. Da, da, da. And, and this is Tari Ture. And she, oh, she got, oh, she got this in her voice. She got a strong voice. And, and Kanye was like, oh, word, you sing? And she's like, yeah. He's like, man, I got this song. So literally, we literally walking in into his apartment off the road. And within five minutes, she on the mic singing. And it was, I think that was my first time seeing somebody work as fast as Kanye works. It wasn't, okay, yeah, we, we'll do something later on. It was, no, nah, we here right now. Um, let's, let's, let's do this. And um, so from that experience to, to uh, you know, to go from his apartment studio to his home studio to the actual studio uh, where we had the opportunity to, to record on the song Never Let Me Down, which uh, features not only Kanye West, and not to mention Tari Ture and John Legend and Tracy Spencer are singing on the hook, but it also featured the legendary, one of the all time greatest, a lot of people's favorite, uh, the great Jay-Z. So here I am finding myself on a record with Kanye and Jay-Z. And that experience was, I, it was, it was just incredible, man. It was, Cootie called me about the record. I was in New York and Cootie just got to LA. He, he called me saying that Kanye had this song with him and Jay-Z on it. He wanted to put a poet on it. He told Kanye, he's like, man, you need to put Jay Ivy on this. And um, he calls and tell me this. I'm like, man, stop playing. <laughs> I was like, like, Cootie, like, yeah, that ain't funny, man. Like a, a record with Kanye and Jay-Z, like, come on, like, like for real, you know. He's like, no, nah, for real, you need to get out here tomorrow if you can. So so uh, he, he telling me the words over the phone. I really couldn't hear with, you know, the phone, the music, he was playing the song and I really couldn't hear the words. So he started telling me what Jay-Z was saying, what Kanye was saying. He was like, man, Jay, you need to get out here tomorrow if you can. I was like, man, I'm gonna find a way. I hung up that phone, I started writing. I, I prayed to God, I was like, God, please give me one. And I wrote this poem, I called Cootie back in 10 minutes, like, listen to this. And I I, I spit the poem from over the phone. He's like, oh man, Jay, it's crazy, it's crazy, hold on, hold on. So he go in another room, the music loud, people loud. And he was like, he was like, Jay, I'm putting you on speakerphone, spit the poem again. So I, so I did the poem like I'd done it a million times already. You know, I'm like following the highest cliff on the highest riff. And you slipped off the side and clinched onto your life and my grip. I will never ever let you down. And then when I when I finished, the whole room erupted. Everybody like, oh man, oh man, oh man. I'm in Brooklyn, broke by myself. Like, what's up? What's good? Like, what's up? Somebody, like, somebody tell me something. So then I hear Kanye, Kanye, man, Jay, spit it again, 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 spit it again. <laughs> I did the poem for like a half hour. Poem was a minute long. So I did it over <laughs> and over and over again. And then 
Cootie finally got back on the phone. He was like, Jay, guess what? I'm like, what? He was like, Kanye flying you out here tomorrow. I said, I found my way. So, it, and it was just a testament to how fast like Kanye like, no, nah, we need him here right now. Um, so, cause he's all about uh, making sure you capture the energy. So even when I fly, you, you know, they call me up. What's your government name? We are uh, booking your flight. We send in the card and I fly from New York to LA that five, whatever, six hours, whatever it was, land, uh, car pick me up. Fellas, they were all at a comedy club. It was our buddy D-Ray Davis. He hosts uh, at the Improv on Mondays. So the car take me to the Improv. Then D-Ray put me on stage. I performed there. Then we pile back into the car and we go to the studio. Mind you, it's December, so I've got winter coat and suitcase. So we, we get to the studio. We there like 10 minutes. I barely took my coat off. And, and Kanye was like, you ready? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and flew all this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me let me just get some water. <laughs> and then I get in the stu- and then I get in the booth. And I'm mind you, I'm I'm doing a record with Jay-Z and Kanye. I'm on 10,000. My energy is like through the roof. So I'm screaming, I want the highest cliff, for the highest rip. I'm going in. And then when I finished, Kanye, he was like, man, Jay, that was good. He's like, bring it down a little bit. <laughs> I do it again. I was like, all right, cool. So I did it again. Boom, boom. I was on the highest cliff, on the highest, boom, 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 boom. And then when I finished, I was like, all right, I'm warmed up now. Yeah. I was like, yeah, let me, let me do it again. He's like, that's it. I was like, no, I was like, nah, man, I'm, let me, let me do it one more time. He's like, Jay, that's it. I was like, I was like, Kanye, man, I can do it better than that, bro. Let me, let me do it one more time. And he was like, no, nah, Jay, that's it. That's the one. Come on in. And that was it. <laughs> I came back an hour later. I was like, oh man, you know, uh, <laughs> I had a chance to sit and chill and <laughs> get some water. <laughs> yeah. Let me catch uh, your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> Let me, uh, you know, like Jay, that's it, man. He was like, that's the one. And and that's what ended up being with the world is heard. And we just, um, man, I think it was about two months, two months ago. We just, uh, just got news that, that the song, the single never let me down went gold after 20, it's 20 years later, you know, <laughs> but it just went gold. The, you know, of course the college dropout was four times platinum and, won a Grammy and so it's just it was just incredible to be a part of it and then for us to hop into genius and relive it all was just like oh my god like this is incredible well congratulations on all of those accolades I mean I gotta say your verse on never let me down is actually what pushed me through my first time benching 225 at the gym in college Whoa. I was listening to your verse man get out of here pushed me through oh, the, yeah, yeah. So I definitely appreciate your work on a more personal level. I'm about to go to the gym. I'm going to the gym, man. You you can hire me, man. Thank you. (laughs) So what was your favorite part about making this documentary? Oh, man. Well, I mean, there were a lot of favorites, but I think one, the one that just pops into mind is just the fact that we've been telling these stories. I've been telling these stories for 20 years. Like this, when I recorded that, that particular moment uh, would never let me down was December of 02. Like it's literally 20 years ago. So, you know, you tell people these stories, like 
even even that that same night, this is this is a side story. Um, it wasn't in the documentary, but um, uh, that same night, like we listened to "Never Let Me Down" over and over again. And then Kanye was like, "Man, you heard this singer named John Stevens?" I was like, "Yeah, I've been um, hearing about him in New York." Because again, we in LA at uh, Record Plant in, in Hollywood. And uh, so Kanye was like, man, let me play you the songs. He plays this song by John Stevens and the song's incredible. I'm like, oh my God, it's beautiful, it was soulful. Um, it just reminded me of some of my folks, you know, played. And then an hour later, John Stevens comes in the studio. So I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, what's up, bro? I was like, man, I'm Jay Ivey. I'm a poet from Chicago. I heard your music. Like, it sounded like that music from the old school. It sounded like that music my folks used to listen to back in the day. I was like, dog, I was like, I was like, you sound like one of the legends. I was like, you a legend, you a legend. I said, matter of fact, that's what I'm gonna call you from now on. I'm gonna call you the legend, right? So I start calling him John a legend, John a legend. So it's, but it's just me and him talking. So a couple of days later, we're, we're in the lounge of the studio. And then um, it's like, maybe like 10, 12 was in the lounge, Kanye, Tari Teray, Cootie, in walks John Stevens, everybody shouting them out, like John Stevens in the building, John Stevens in the house, what up John Stevens? I was like, John Legend. And everybody looked at me, they looked back at him, they was like, oh man, oh man, And Kanye <laughs> was the main one, that's it, that's it. You John Legend from now on, you John Legend from now on. Wow. So that's how John Stevens got the name John Legend. And, um, and it was just, it was moments like that. It was like magical moments, a lot of, uh, like the stars aligning and these very uh, synchronizing moments that that kept ha- they just kept happening, and I think to relive that in the film, like to go and and um and and see those moments, it was just it was like wow, like man, people finally get to see what we've been talking about all this time, and and mind you, like people only saw a, a glimpse of of. What of everything Cootie shot because Cootie shot everything. He had over 500 hours of footage, and wow. the film the total was a three part, three acts, and total it was a it was like four and a half hours total. So out of 500 hours, we you know crammed it down to four and a half, and um and and that's an addition. And and the four and a half had footage, other footage that Cootie didn't shoot. So there was a lot of footage to go through. So we were just, you know, I remember watching scenes and like, oh man, this is crazy. You know, looking at something like, damn, this is crazy. Oh, y'all were doing, man, man, it's crazy. Y'all had a whole choir and Kanye was singing through, they were doing through the wire and da, da, da. And then, and then I see myself in the back. I'm like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, wait, wait, what? Man, I go sitting right there. And I, it's this moment, it's like, you just, you didn't, you know, you you just don't remember them. And, um, because it was so long ago. So to relive it was just incredible. And then for people to see it and for people, I, my favorite part is for people to see it and and um and and just to see the reaction that 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 we've been getting. And the hope, the prayer, the wish was that people, when people watch it, that they will feel love, they will feel um like the power of 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 belief and the power of faith. And and um and 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 just and be inspired by it and th- that's the reactions that we've been getting for the past however many months it came out in February and and it's been that it's just been just a a wave a tidal wave of 
love being returned. And that has been the absolute best part. Absolute best part. What is it about artists such as yourself, Kanye West, and the Beatles that allows you all to stay relevant in culture while your art invites that kind of love and appreciation response from audiences decades after the work has been released? Well, I mean, I have a, I have a theory. Um, for me, I believe that uh, as creatives, our, uh, our superpower is to be the, the, uh, the ability to listen. As simple as it sounds, our, our superpower is listening. And and with that, well, as as we're creating or as we're moving through life and experiencing these different things, you know, we we listen to our hearts, we listen to uh, family and friends, we listen to the ancestors and angels and God, and we listen to what's going on in the world. We 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 listen, we absorb, we uh, we we're, we're sponges. We're just always absorbing what's happening. And then our job um, or our, slash our gift is the ability to, to translate that in whatever, you know, with whatever gift we've been blessed with. So for me, you know, I, I absorb, I sponge, I listen, and I poetically translate what I hear. Uh, others do it through film. Others do it through music. I mean, I do music as well. I have, a, I have an album coming out too, by the way. September 30th, uh, you know, unshameless plug. <laughs> the poet who sat by the door available on all streaming services. Please check it out. Uh, submitted it for a Grammy, so it'll be up for a Grammy consideration. Please just listen. <laughs> no pun intended, but listen. But um, but even even in creating, even in creating the album, that was a big emphasis, is is uh just really just paying attention, just just uh, like for me, like when I write, I quiet myself and, and I listen and I'm, I'm, I'm working on just capturing everything as fast as I possibly can. And, and I feel like that's what, uh, most creatives do. And I think because of that, it, it makes, it, it keeps, uh, folks like ourselves and the Beatles and Kanye and Jay and, Beyonce and Tari Charay, it keeps folks relevant because you're always one, not only are you listening, but you, you you're listening with with care and concern and uh with uh with joy and and with um just the um it's just a certain energy. Like you wanna you it, you know, it's like the world is giving you so much and you wanna give back, you know, you wanna pay it forward. So you being inspired by all these things it's like okay let me take this and man hit man this is here's a thank you for what all the world has given me and all all the, the loved ones and folks that are around like thank you for pouring into me and this is what i was able to do with it and and i hope that that this this can be a a, a token a beautiful token of my appreciation if you could collaborate and create with any beetle who would it be and why? I have to say, I had to say Paul McCartney. I had to say Paul. I mean, I, I wish all of them. <laughs> 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 That'd be the dream. Now that would be the dream. Right. The dream. <laughs> but but uh but Sir Paul would that would be amazing. Um I have a 
I, one of the things that I, that I really appreciate, I've, I've learned to appreciate is, is, uh, is uh, learning that, that my voice itself is an instrument and, and I love the tonality and, and what I'm able to do with it. And like, I, I love pairing, pairing my voice up with others, like just seeing like who all I can, uh, what other instruments I can collaborate with. So like to hear some poetry with, with Sir Paul, <coughs> Sir Paul, <clears throat> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> if you're out there, <laughs> I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. It, it, it'll be magical. I promise you, it'll be historic. That's, um, yeah, that, it would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, man, let me figure that out. You, you got a number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, come on, man. Like, come on, man. Let's do this, man. Like, it's been, it's, it's long overdue, man. Let's, let's just make it happen, all right? <laughs> I love my message. When he comes on the show, I'll, I'll definitely mention that and hopefully bring about that collaboration. <laughs> I love it. So, Jay Ivy, what are you up to now? Are you involved in any projects? I know you said you got an album coming out soon. Yeah, that's that's been the 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 big big focus is is uh is my album, The Poet Set by the Door. Uh, I'm actually on the final day of mixes today. I'm in, in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, big shout out to Tari Teray. Big shout out to uh, Greg Majors, who's our engineer, AKA G-Ball. Uh, so we've been cranking away um, for the past couple months. Um, I had I had a, an incredible opportunity um, earlier this year where uh, for the past six years, I've been I've been working with the Recording Academy, so I'm a I'm a trustee with the National Trustee with the Recording Academy, and in the, in the, before that, I was president of the Chicago chapter. So there's 12 chapters that make up the Recording Academy, and in the history of the of the of the Grammys or the Recording Academy, I was I was the first poet to ever hold a president seat, and um and um so after that, I became trustee. So for the first time, someone from the poetry community had a voice in the room. So we were, I've been working with the Academy the past six years on the spoken word category because the category, which, which I had the incredible honor of being uh, nominated in um, last year. So I have an album out called Catching Dreams and it was nominated for a Grammy in the best spoken word category alongside Don Cheadle, LeVar Burden, uh, Dave Chappelle, Mir Suleiman, Barack Obama, and Jay Ivey. And uh, while it was just absolutely incredible to be nominated alongside these incredible men, one of the things I went to the Academy with was, was the fact that uh, the spoken word category includes poetry, audio books, and storytelling. I'm like, it's amazing you want to award audiobooks, but that's not the art form of spoken word. So I was working with them for the past six years to get them to split the category. And um, and uh, I became a, a, a conduit or uh, the liaison between the Recording Academy and the poetry community. Hence the title of my album, The Poet Who Sat By The Door, because I was getting information and um, and I'm like, man, I've been doing this almost 30 years and I didn't know this. So if I don't know this, chances are y'all might not know this. So I, I started sharing information with the poetry community. 
I, and, and was cracking this joke, man. I'm like the poet who sat by the door. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like, what you say? Hey, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and but because of that, because I was able to share the information, uh, we were able to uh, inspire poets to make sure that they were getting their albums done, releasing their albums. And then this year I went to the Academy and wrote a proposal and a new definition and I submitted it and it passed. So this year for the first time, there'll be the best um, audiobook narration and storytelling category, but there will also be the best spoken word poetry album category. So for the first time in history, five poets will be nominated um, poets will bring, will bring home Grammys. And I think it, it's going to shine a huge light and put a lot of eyes and ears on the, on the beautiful work that, that poets do all around the world. So uh, after doing all that work, I was like, oh, wait a minute, let me get an album done. <laughs> Cause I want to throw my name in the hat. You know, I want to have, have a chance. So, of course. so that's been the, that's been the big focus. Um, uh, uh, that album, like I said, I, I helped uh co-write and and um uh co-produce Tari Chere's album Catching Feelings. Um I'm about to do a new campaign with uh with uh with Bullet. Um I just been named the uh oh wait when when does this come out? This will be coming out at the end of September. So yeah so September 19th um they'll they'll be announcing or they announced that uh I've been named uh, Ebony named me to be on their Power 100 list, so it's a lot of um, a lot of amazing things happening, man. It's just it's just a blessing, and and I gotta send a big shout out to everybody who's on the album, from Lettuce, the Music Soul Child, to Sonny Patterson, to Tari Teray, to um, DJ the Chicago Kid, Ursula Rucker, Mari Hartwig, uh, Yao, Sir the Baptist. Um, Slick Rick the Ruler and John Legend are all on the album, and it's it's uh, it's truly a, a beautiful work of art. I'm really proud of this one. So please, everybody, check it out. Amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's on all streaming services. And that's on all streaming. That's on all. I keep forgetting that part. Let me start over. Yeah. No. <laughs> awesome. Well, everyone, be on the lookout for this album as soon as it comes out. The link is going to be in this podcast description, so all you have to do is just click it, and it'll take you right to the album. Yeah, yeah, I um, appreciate the love, man. I appreciate that. Jay Ivy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and bringing your energy and fantastic stories. It's been an honor speaking with you, man. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure and honor. Thank you for, for having me on. Big shout-out to the Beatles and all the, the Beatle lovers all around the world. If we were going to lose to someone, I don't even want to say lose. It was a win. It was a win because we were alongside them. So to share in that, to share in that moment, to be alongside uh, one of the greatest uh, to ever do it, you know, it's just incredible. So big shout out to the Beatles and everybody who who loves and keep keep their music thriving and going. Um, it's neat. We need good music. We need hearts to be healed, and their 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 music heals a lot of hearts. So. Big shout out to y'all. And um, man, hit me up when y'all get a minute. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, J underscore IVY. The letter J underscore IVY. Young Tristram, 
with this title for eight years. My model of business is the Beatles. You know, they were four very talented guys. Thank you all for listening to another episode of the Here, There, and Everywhere podcast. A huge thank you to Jay Ivey for coming on the show. You can check out his album that's dropping on September 30th and watch the documentary Genius on Netflix. The links to everything are in the podcast description. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram at Beatles Earth. And as always, I will see you next week. We all here for a reason on a particular path. You don't need a curriculum to know that you are part of the math. Cats think I'm delirious, but I'm so damn serious. That's why I expose my soul to the globe, the world. I'm trying to make it better for these little boys and girls. I'm not just another individual. My spirit is a part of this. That's why I get spiritual. But I get my hymns from him. So it's not me, it's he that's lyrical. I'm not a miracle. I'm a heaven-sent instrument. My rhythmic regiment navigates melodic notes for your soul or your mental. That's why I'm instrumental. Vibrations is what I'm into. Yeah, I need my luba rende, but that ain't what gives me the heart of Kunta Kinte. I'm trying to give us us free like Sinke. I can't stop. That's why I'm hot. Determination, dedication, motivation. I'm talking to you and my many inspirations. When I say that I can't let you or self down. If I were on the highest cliff, on the highest rift, and you slipped off the side and clinched onto your life in my grip, I would never, ever let you down. And when these words are found, let it be known that God's membership has been signed with a language called love. That's why my breath is felt by the deaf, and why my words are heard and confined to the ears of the blind. I too dream in color and in rhyme, so I guess I'm one of a kind in a full house. Cause whenever I open my heart, my soul, or my mouth, a touch of God reigns out. Take him to church. Yeah.